are listening to the Strong Towers Podcast, a podcast where all topics are on the table, from brotherhood and faith, culture and wisdom. So pull up a chair and join us as we talk about the things that build us up and make us strong. Welcome back to another Strong Towers Podcast. This is John Ackerman. With me as always is Tom Edwards, but not with us tonight is Mike Lara. Um, so this is a two-man show this evening, and we're still going to be on this topic of discomfort. And as Tom and I were sort of brainstorming about what on earth we could discuss at the last minute, one of the ideas that popped up was talking about creativity. And I think it was linking itself to the conversation that we had with Alan Arnold uh, a couple months back. Um, Alan had written a book called Chaos Can't. That was all about the essential nature of creativity in the world, Um, that acting upon our God-given creativity does some really powerful things in us, and creativity sent out into the world does some really powerful things around us. And so this idea popped up of discomfort and creativity, and this is a special place for Tom and I because we have a little bit of a shared history here that we'll get into in just a second. And it's not smooth. Um, I mean, everything was fine between us, but the journey of creation has had its fits and starts, as is so often the case. And we were realizing that maybe there's something really good here in this category of discomfort on this topic of creativity that, once again, as has been the theme in this series thus far, we definitely do not have figured out. So this is by no means a wisdom podcast this week. Um, This is much more an encouragement podcast, and if nothing else, encouragement for us to get back in the game. Uh, So Tom, actually, would you want to give a little bit of a recap of where you and I have been with creativity together? Yeah, so, um, I mean, gosh, well, so we were friends for a while first, and, and sort of realized that we had a little bit of kindred spirit going on in this area in particular in that uh we both have a desire to write um we uh, and in particular uh to write fiction uh, yep. both of us are avid consumers of of fiction fantasy uh type creative writing and and uh i think both of us grew up sort of playing in that space a little bit when when time permitted and and sort of envisioning those sorts of of worlds and so you know as we became friends it was like oh you like that i like that we should do that and i i want to say it was a couple years before we actually finally were like no we really actually should do that you say that this mm-hmm. is a goal of yours a, a dream that you have and i say the same thing and so we should we should help each other out uh, and so we did. We started actually. What did the What did the Inklings call themselves? Uh, a drinking group with a writing problem. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we uh, we started uh, to meet up. At what was it? Every other week. Um, yeah. We would go to a, a local pub and uh, and just sit and and write and try and ignore whatever uh, game was on the the big screen TVs at the time. And you were far more successful with that than I was. <laughs> And, uh, and it was fantastic. It was definitely something that I had been missing. I mean, in my own, uh, you know, creative story, uh, I would say the last time 
prior to us starting to actually pursue this, um, the last time I had actually intentionally sat down to be creative uh, was was probably 10 plus years earlier uh, when I was in grad school. Um, and so this was, it felt like a, a, just a revisiting of an old friend kind of, of getting this chance to be creative. And um, we were not working on the same thing. And so we would literally just sit at a table together and not talk and, and write. Which as introverts was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and then every so often, you know, trade back and forth and, and give each other notes and, and that kind of thing. And, um, and it felt really good and it felt um, like we were kind of keeping each other on track for this goal. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it kind of fizzled. Uh, and now we were trying to figure out the exact timeline, but, but I want to say it's at least two and a half, three years, um, yeah. you know, since that kind of died off. Um, actually, the roof collapsed on our favorite pub and <laughs> <It did. laughs> we lost our venue. Um, but uh, it's something that I think you and I both keep saying this is on the to-do list. Mm -hmm. And somehow it just always seems to not be happening. And it's easy to say that, you know, that's just life and that's just, we, there's a lot going on. Um, you and I have both moved since. Um, I have had one, if not two kids since we stopped uh, <laughs> writing together. You know, and, and so it's, it's easy to say that there are other things going on. But I think why this lands in, in this discomfort series the way that it does is because there's also something that makes it just hard for us to engage in that process. And and I, I there was so much that Alan talked about in, in the podcast when we had him on. So if you have not listened to that episode with Alan, I, I definitely would recommend you go back and, and take a look at it. And the book is fantastic because he opens up the category of creativity in ways that blew my mind as a person who mm -hmm. considers himself creative. You know, he, he, he said something on the podcast about take a look at what, whatever you do, whatever your job is, take a look at your job. And if you say, well, I'm not in a creative field, I don't have the opportunity to be creative as a part of my work, back up your industry 10, 20, 50 years, whatever it might be. Is it exactly the same? And if the answer to that is no, someone in your field was being creative. And that is what has moved things along. And that paradigm shift for me, um, and, it's, and it's not the only one that, that he brings in the book uh, around creativity, which is huge just in, in changing the way that I think about being creative and the need to engage. Uh, but again, we're here talking about how this is uncomfortable it's not something that comes easily when we try to engage but so how about for you john uh, you know like you this is definitely a want to do mm -hmm. but it's something that as of yet has not really been fully accomplished or realized or, or whatever and so what do you think about getting sidetracked and, and uh, the need to kind of keep coming back to this 
Well, I mean, one of the first things I'm reminded of is just the litany of excuses that's readily available, just right there on the tip of my tongue, for why this has all happened. Because I mean, like you said, we had a we had a solid run there for a while where it was pretty consistent twice yep. a month for over a year, and the progress that we were making on what we were writing. I mean, it's not like we were cranking out hundreds of pages, but it was meaningful growth during pretty small increments of time. Yep. And and then, like you said, you know, stuff happened. And like, even as I sit here now, and thanks to Mike, who again, it's never fun when he's not with us, but <laughs> one of the things he did uh, at the beginning of this year was he got all of us to start posting our goals for the year on a shared whiteboard space so that we could hold each other accountable. And I, I was surprised when I found myself writing down one of the goals was I wanted to write three complete chapters of a book. And I've got a half dozen book ideas, two of which I've started. And by started, I mean, there's some pages, but there's, you know, it's not like it's three quarters finished, just waiting for the final touches. And I found myself writing down that goal of writing three chapters. And as I'm writing it, like there's a part of like, it's, it's like the two voices. I can hear the other voice going, there's no way you're going to do that. Like you're, you're fooling yourself. What, do, what are you even thinking? Like, yeah, you can, you can put the weight loss goal down, read some more books you know, those are all manageable, get in better shape, run a half marathon. That's all, you know, you can probably swing that, but you think you're going to write three chapters. You must be out of your friggin' mind. <laughs> and so like, I'm just like, I'm in this, you know, third person view, watching myself write this goal, watching myself have this inner dialogue. And I'm just like, it is crazy how much resistance I'm facing. I've not even started anything yet. Right. I've not done anything more than write down the goal. And and again, it got me thinking about Alan Arnold and this conversation that we had with him. And uh, I only use Twitter to find smart things that smart people are saying. And so after that interview that we did with Alan, I started following him on Twitter too. And he just he's had some just brilliant lines over the last few months. So even if you didn't catch the podcast, just start following him on Twitter. He's great for quotes. But he said a couple of things. One of them was, we long for our, for our art to take us to new and uncharted places, but the blank page looks back at us and says, no, you must go there first. Mm. And I found myself like going right back to our pub days, reading your stories, and going, man, I can't wait to see how this goes thankful that I wasn't the one having to write it. And then I would read my own story and I would go, man, I can't wait to see how this goes. And then realize, oh crap, I have to write this. <laughs> this story's not going anywhere unless I go there first. And it was like, oh, thanks, Alan. You know, thanks for poking the wound. And then there was another one that he had. Giving birth to a new idea is beautiful, messy, and painful. The goal is creation, not comfort. I was like, huh, look at that series on discomfort. That's apropos. And just how often I've, I've truly craved the easy route with the writing. Like I just, I want to, and again, I'm not the first person to say this, but it's just nice when it flows Yeah. and it's not nice when it doesn't. Yep. And the times that I would sit there and be thankful for a half page of created work, half of which I figured I was probably going to be slashing out at some point or another. <laughs> and I think one of the things that 
he tweeted out that I found really helpful for me was spend more time remembering dreams for your future than limitations from your past and present. When God gives you a desire, he will see it through. Hmm. And that one was really convicting because, again, I could start listing right away all the reasons why I haven't you know, dug into creativity. Yep. Got a house to renovate. I've got, you know, a like an actual paying job that requires me to do work. And I have time that I want to spend with my wife and I have time that I want to spend on fun things. And that all adds up to like a 36 hour day, which I'm pretty sure still doesn't exist, even though the pandemic has made time a fuzzy concept. It's true. It's relative. Yeah. And, and yet looking at that, looking at that line, spend more time remembering dreams. It's amazing how quickly the desire comes back as soon as I crack that door open just a hair Yep. of, I really want to write. And I, I don't, again, don't get me wrong. I would love to write a successfully, you know, received book. I would love to write something that was profitable and, you know, appreciated, preferably while I'm alive rather than posthumously. <laughs> but I just, more than any of that, I just really want to write. I want to see the story come to life on the pages in front of me. Yeah. And I just can't get away from that dream unless I really keep that door shut and locked, which I think I've been doing for roughly the last two and a half to three years <laughs> since we stopped meeting. It's true. And I told you, even as we were signing on to start recording this, I, I almost didn't want to record this episode because it was like, automatic accountability like we can't release an episode on discomfort and creativity and share stories of how much we want to write and send that out into the ether and be like well let me get back to not writing yeah now yeah that just <laughs> i you know i agree it, it's this when you were talking about keeping the door locked i'm almost envisioning like in those movies where the door is like bulging inward because it doesn't, it doesn't want to stay closed. You know, that, that's sort of how this feels. But I too, like, I've got that list, you know, I've got the list of all the reasons why this can't work. And I, I particularly like that, that quote from Alan about remembering the dreams, because I feel like I very quickly go to that place of taking the dream and thinking about the end product. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not going to finish a book, and I'm, it's not going to be published or it's not going to be successful, then yeah. why, why am I getting into this? Instead of appreciating the creativity for what it is, particularly as Alan talked about, you know, where it is the opportunity to partner with God, the creative yeah. force of the universe, and do the things that he's doing. You know, I, I, I've said this to you several times, but Tolkien said that he felt like he was when he was writing he was basically opening windows into a world and he was just writing down what was happening mm-hmm. you know he he was going on that journey of discovery and just he was the one that was doing the recording basically yeah 
and and I feel like that a lot of times when I'm writing. You know, I don't. I'm not a big like planner outline. Maybe I need to be if I want that to, be, you know, to become like a thing. Um, right. But for right now, that that's not kind of the way that that I operate. So it very much feels like unrolling the story as it happens. And I just that the process of being creative. I feel like thinking back to when we were meeting regularly, I felt more creative outside of the once every two weeks that we were meeting you know yes we had our dedicated time and we were writing or editing or you know whatever we were doing but i was also thinking about it yep all the time outside of of those spaces and that's just gone mm-hmm. right that it it's not there anymore um and so i think part of the discomfort is it needs to be more than just a time frame on my calendar uh, you know there's there's a, a frame of mind that i am in when i am pursuing creative things that's just totally different than when i'm not yeah and and i like what comes from that as well which again reminds me of something else that Alan was saying when we talked with him was the effect that creativity has on the atmosphere around you, right? That creativity is wildly frustrating, right? It's, it's never a smooth process, but when we're in the midst of that process, like you said, I mean, it, it, it consumes part of your attention all the times that you're not actively creating, but it's just, it's brewing there in the back. And I don't, I don't want to, get overly nostalgic or romanticize that year and change that we were writing. But I feel like there was, there was an extra level of joy that simply just came from participating in that creative process. Yeah. And not like it made everything else easy and not, you know, not, not to go hyperbolic with it, but, and I don't think I had the words for it then to recognize what Alan now put into words through that conversation and through that book. But even just now as I'm thinking about it, and I blame you for this too, because (laughs) not long ago you said, Hey, I just had a crazy idea. What if you and I collaborated on a writing project? And I was like, you son of a, (laughs) like, don't, don't try to crack that door open. Like I've, I've got it under, (laughs) under control right now. And so even just thinking about the possibility of being creative over the last few weeks, it has an effect. Yep. And and I know that this is true regardless of whether the creative thing is music or writing or cooking or or you know whatever the thing is, but it's it's contagious. And again, I really don't like that we're doing this episode because it's it's kicking that door open wider. Yeah. And it 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 makes me want to get rid of the excuses and go create and i don't you know since this is on the topic of discomfort i don't know where that's gonna go right i mean i have a vague dream of a finished book but i don't even know what the book looks like and i don't know how to get there i mean i i know generally like you have to put words on a page and you have to see the story unfold Mm -hmm. and the characters have to show up and i i don't know yeah Okay, so 
either what we were doing a couple of years ago, or let's say that we do, since we're putting it out there for everybody, uh, start to engage in a creative process again together. Getting started is one thing, right? Yeah. Keeping it going mm-hmm. is another when all of these various reasons to not yeah. are are showing up, right? And so yep. um, the path is not clear, which is another reason mm-hmm. why this shows up in this discomfort series, right? Is um, we can't decide tomorrow to try and write a book. And because we decide that we're going to write a book, Hey, Tom and John are now professional authors, and this is how we, you know, and this is how we spend our day. Right. So we we have to figure out how does this become a part of what we do if we say that we want to engage in this process. And so, what do you think about how we still being the same guys tomorrow when we wake up as we are today when we got up and haven't you know really engaging our creativity in a couple years how do we try and keep some staying power in that process well shout out to mike lara who gave us both copies of stephen pressfield's the war of art yes and similar lessons that i've heard from other writers that i really respect i I mean it's it's about like we've talked about with running like if you want to run more miles or get better at running you go run and so it feels like some of this is just we have to start writing and we have to get over that initial hump of I'm not writing to I successfully sat down at the keyboard for 30 minutes today and wrote something, whether or not it was good, whether or not I'll use it. You know, I, I exercised the creative muscles. I, you know, I showed up at the writing gym yep. and and did something and then did it again tomorrow. and. Again, it just, it felt like, you know, what you and I did for that year and change simply by virtue of the fact that we carved out that time, whether it was time to write or time to revise or a time to just talk about where we thought we were going, like it, it, that intentionality and that accountability were both sorely necessary for me. Yeah. And so I feel like that's going to be part of the secret moving forward is, you know, the personal commitment, but the shared commitment and then creating the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, and this is, this is a tricky part, I think for a lot of people to get around uh, and we're maybe pigeonholing, pigeonholing. That's the word. Uh, creativity. Some, because again, Alan said you can be creative in a yeah. wide spectrum of things. Right. Um, and so we the two of us do kind of lean toward the creative writing fiction piece. Um, But actually the book idea that I threw you was nonfiction. Um, Right. But that's still creating, right? It it is not creative writing per se, but it is still a creative process. Um, Yeah. And I think there, there's a couple of hurdles, at least for me to get over is one, like, to be creative doesn't mean complete lack of structure. Like, yeah. like you were saying, you know, okay, I have I have a, a, a dream, a hope, a, a goal to be creative this year. I have to put things into place to allow that to happen. 
And if that is, you know, carving out 15 minutes, half an hour every day to do that, then I actually have to put that on my calendar that, that I have this as a part of my plan. Um, because otherwise it just, it very easily goes to the wayside. Um, and like we said, for us, that was every other week. And that was enough time in the calendar to keep us recharged and refreshed and continuing to think about it in the intervening weeks. Um, yeah. you know, and, and so many places, uh, that I I've seen also, like, like you were saying, that's the number one thing particularly for writing. If you want to write, write every day. Yeah. You're going to get better at your your craft, and so this is going to apply to whatever it is that you want to be creative in. You're going to get better at it, and you're going to build that habit of this is just something that I do. Yeah. The other piece that that um that I have to get over, and actually the last time that we were writing together, this was really helpful in this for me is that idea of I need to start from my best. And my best needs to come out of me and that there's there's no room for bad days. There's no room for this won't be successful. There's no room for um, and you and I both have talked about how the the we're not fans of the editing process, right? Like first draft done. <laughs> if you don't like my first draft, I don't want to talk to you. Um, yep. But when when we spent that time, I don't know if you remember this, but when we spent that time writing together, the story that I was writing, I actually started from a story starter that I just Googled, yep. right? Yep. It was just a, I need to get writing, so let me just go through these exercises and get writing. Mm-hmm. And that's where that came from, and I worked on it for over a year, Yeah. right? And And actually fleshed out the beginning of a novel basically um from a story starter that i found online and so whatever like practices that you need to put into place that's not limiting your creativity that's opening your creativity Mm -hmm. and that's a really hard barrier i think particularly for people that feel like they are creative to get over of no i i just i like the idea needs to come from me. Well, maybe not. Maybe it doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you are adapting something. <laughs> Funny anecdote. I I held a grudge for the longest time against the guy that wrote Wicked. Not the okay. mu- not the musical, because obviously the musical has been hugely successful. But the there's a book that the musical is based on, and that guy essentially writes fairy tales from another character's perspective mm-hmm. i was like ah, dude you're just stealing other people's ideas <laughs> but now when i think about it that's it's genius yeah right like here's this story everybody knows this story everybody has a particular um inclination toward the the characters in this story we see the one side as good the one side as evil and how about i just turn that on its head right and so i'm really starting to appreciate the idea of just what can i bring instead of the whole thing from the the first word has to come from me 
but what perspective can I offer? You know, what what difference can I make? What change can I offer? You know, and that, that goes back to what Alan was saying of there is in your place where you are, there is something that you can offer, some idea that you have that only you yep. can offer in that space. Yeah. And so our creativity is something that we need. Not just for you and I, because eventually it's going to get old keeping that door closed and we're going to have to let it open. Right. But our creativity is something that's needed in our community and the world and larger than just what can this do for me. Um, And we don't necessarily get to know that, which is the other piece of this that's uncomfortable. You know, we've talked about that with Mike and and on this platform of what if no one ever hears of strong towers? Mm-hmm. Now, thankfully that's not the case. And, and, you know, we do have listeners and we, we appreciate you all so much. Um, but is it worth going through the process if there is no audience? Mm-hmm. And I think if we can get ourselves to the place where the answer to that is yes, then we've reached a really good place with what it means for us to be creative. Yeah. And I like the parallel that you're making with what we've done here on this platform, because I know when we first started out here, I was wrestling with some of those same inner demons that I was with writing, which was, what do we have to offer? Mm-hmm. And you begin comparing you know, all the other things within your particular niche of the market as well as, you know, the entire industry. It's like there's there's how many podcasts out there? And there's how many podcasts on, I don't know, whatever our slice of the podcast market is, masculinity and brotherhood and friendship and, you know, chasing your dreams and, and work and fatherhood and walking with God. It feels like that should narrow the list down considerably, <laughs> and yet we keep finding more people that are like, man, those guys are good. We like that, and and there's this inevitable com- pull towards comparison. Yeah. Of do I have anything to say? You know, I look at the bookshelves that I have in my house, and you're you're so much better at this. You're good with the library. I suck at the library because (laughs) I can't give a book back once I've finished it. And the library has a serious problem with that. So I just have shelves of books because I reread them as well. And, you know, they're like friends. And so I, I, I look at all the books in my house and they're just so good. And so I think about, you know, how, how would I write, how would I create a world like C.S. Lewis did with Narnia or Tolkien did with Middle Earth or, you know, just running down the list of all of my favorite authors and all of the worlds and the stories and the characters that they've created. And again, Alan Arnold to the rescue slash to my annoyance. And another thing that he had said was, we don't need you to be the next fill in the blank with whomever. We already have them. Hmm. We need you to be the first you. And it was like, oh, like th- that comparison is so difficult. 
because I feel like, especially as a creator, you can't help but pull from your sources of inspiration. And yet there has to be this dividing line between source of inspiration and source of imitation. Yep. And at some point you have to take your inspiration into unique and authentic creation. Otherwise it's not authentic. Yeah. And you know, one of the stories that I started putting together as I was writing it, it felt like it sounded like C.S. Lewis a little bit. And that's not to like put myself up on a high horse. It was just, you know, style and pace and things like it just, it felt a little C.S. Lewis-y to me. And I was battling with this tension of, I like how this feels. I like how this story feels because it feels like stories I like. And at the same time, is this my voice or am I just trying to be like C.S. Lewis? And so I feel like, again, to your earlier question of, you know, how do, how, how are we, you and I going to get this started and then sustain it? And I feel like one of the things that's going to have to come along is, you know, discover the story that's coming out of me as I discover the voice that's coming out of me and being okay with that voice sounding however it sounds. And if it sounds like other things that I like, great. And if it sounds like something new, great. And, and pursuing my creativity rather than trying to model my creativity after somebody else. Yeah. I think there's definitely acknowledgement of the people that came before. Because there are things that we're going to pick up from authors, musicians, chefs, whatever area it is that we like, that we appreciate, that really feel like speaks to us. Um, and then that, like, we own that because that that spoke to me and where I'm at. And so it's not surprising that that then comes out on the page or on the plate or whatever. Um, you know, we were, we uh, have been trying to introduce the kids to more music than just the, you know, random kids versions of, of songs. Sure. Um, and so we've been trying to introduce them to, to popular, uh, you know, music and they have for a couple of years now, our kids have loved uptown funk. <laughs> uh, Mark Ronson, Bruno Mars, they love it, dance every time it comes on, um, and all that. And so we've started to introduce them to Michael Jackson. And just the other night we were having the conversation, like without Michael Jackson, there is no uptown funk. It, it just, it doesn't happen, you know? Um, but those artists then need to take the inspiration yep. and say, Okay, somebody was here and they did this and doing this opens up doors. And so I'm going to come over here and, and, and if you know what they're doing and if you know the, the area that they're playing in, you, you know, you can see some of those things like, okay, yeah, here's an influence in the way that they, um, you know, styled this or, or um, choreographed the, the video for it or musically you can hear some of this. But this, it's its own thing, yeah. right? Um, and I think all of us have that opportunity, and I think we're, we're missing something 
or it becomes a, a reason to not engage in creativity if we're trying to say I have to be 100% my own. Yeah. You know, if I can be okay with acknowledging my inspiration and moving forward from there, um then I think we're in a much better place. You know, because to to be honest, back to specifically writing fiction, you can't do some of the fiction things that we would know to do without acknowledging where they're coming from. You know, yep. like Tolkien completely reframed our understanding of elves, dwarves, dragons, like all of that. Our current cultural understanding of fantasy fiction yeah. is essentially owed to one person. Um, and so we have to be okay with that and then be okay with borrowing from that. Yeah. Unless we're going to be the next Tolkien and, you know, create the new whatever. But <laughs> right. if, if you, if no, you, good. yeah, if you read about those guys, you know, they were not overnight sensations either. So, right. Um, yep. there's that. <laughs> yeah. And I think that brings it back to another one of Alan's points that we already covered, which was just let it be what it's going to be. Mm -hmm. you know engage in the creative act for the sake of creation and and you know trust outcome and process to god's desire to see this creativity realized yeah just as much as you want to see it realized and and that that actually almost sets you free to be even more wildly creative because it takes some of the pressure off So I guess this means we got to start writing now, right? That's what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we'll release the podcast a couple months from now. Oh, there we go. Give ourselves some time. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. But it's, you know, I was thinking about that goal that you set for yourself, um, you know, to write three chapters. It sounds daunting, coming from a, a, you know a stretch of not writing anything but i'm also thinking about the other side of that is three chapters in a year that's four months per chapter right and so this is doable yeah right it is doable if we decide to engage and so i'm actually excited that we recorded this uh because i do feel like it's been something that that we have been missing you and i have been missing um individually and together and and so uh you know i'm kind of excited to, to see what happens now that we've put it out there and um that where it goes so it'll be fun you gotta go find a pub that's true you do have to go find a pub <laughs> with a good roof with a good roof <laughs> Uh, and on that note, thank you all for joining us for this particular episode. Thanks for just coming along for the storytelling, for the whenever we do release this accountability, for the promises we've made to ourselves to let this door open up, uh, to let this creativity come out, to let these dreams that we've been holding on to actually start to breathe a little bit. Um, so in whatever way you want to encourage us to keep up with this, uh, you know, 
connect through the Facebook community, shoot us emails, social media stuff that we always tag at the end of our episode. We give you permission to send us obnoxious reminders about, hey, how many pages have you written yet? Um, and I promise to try to not lie too much about our progress. But, um, you know, this, this is the joy of community. And like I said earlier, I would not have made the progress that I did earlier without those bi-monthly meetings with you, Tom. And so that's part of what we're trying to foster here with Strong Towers is you know, there's a lot that we can do on our own. There's so much more that we can do with someone else. And so whatever that that dream is, that creativity is, it's going to work so much better with someone else at your side. So on behalf of me and Tom and Mike in Abstentia, uh, thank you all for doing this with us. And we'll see you next time. Before you go, we just wanted to take a quick minute to thank you for being a part of the conversation and taking on this journey with us. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app and throw us a like or write a review. All of that helps other people find our show. If you're looking for more, head over to our website, strong-towers.com, and sign up to receive notifications whenever we release new content. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at strong underscore towers. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, We Are Strong Towers, to keep the conversation going throughout the week. If you want to support the show, Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash strongtowers for your chance to score some Strong Tower swag and get access to exclusive content. We appreciate y'all, and we'll see you back here real soon.